Welcome. To Arcade Audio. week's episode of Marywood Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is my beautiful husband and your other host, Chris Mullet. He <laughs> said that backwards and it really fucked me up. <laughs> you fucked me up too. Well, actually it helped because I really didn't have anything. So. You never have anything. I do. I was just going to go, because they're not going to hear it this week because of course I'm opening and closing with those hot early 90s rap jams that we have to discuss. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. But before we discuss that, let's discuss everything else. Hello. It's October 19th, 2022. And if you're new here, we're married. We have a lot of movies. We talk about our married life. And we talk about our movies. That should be <laughs> like the boilerplate, how I open the show every single time now. This is, let's just script everything before the movie we talk about as much as possible. Why? Because it just makes it easy. I don't have to like it's pretend. That, I don't have to pretend to have a conversation with you. I can how do you just... think I feel? I've had how many episodes of this have we done? Over four hundred. Yeah, and I've had to pretend I was interested in what you had to say every time. I know it's been a challenge. Yeah, it sucks. It's the worst. Um, I just said I wanted to take a nap before we started recording this. Because you've fallen asleep at like ten fifteen every night for the past like week. Yeah, it's because I wake up at like four in the morning. That's not my fucking problem. Yeah, it is. It's your fucking fault. Why is it my fault? Why? You take all the covers. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. And you're snoring. You snore so much now. Holy shit. You snore sitting up. I didn't even know that was fucking possible. You <laughs> snore all the time. I was going to make a mean comment. I won't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we actually do enjoy each other's company. And love each other. Like... Like the parental figures in this series. We are of nothing movies. like the parental figures. We in this should movie. be madly in love. I'm I'm madly in love. I just no, you're not. It. I mean, that's a little overkill. Like it is not. Nothing fun about that. I'm sure that they have lots of fun together. Well, yeah, but they also like like chopping people up, and we'll, we'll, we're getting into it in a second. We're getting ahead of ourselves. It's our spooky season. It's Halloween month here on Married Movies. And uh, the rest of this month is going to be celebrated by watching movies with our daughter. Scary. Uh, it is scary considering how she won't shut the fuck up in a movie now, hey, now anymore. Hey, like hey. I Like, she's so good in the theater that I think she overcompensates when we watch movies at home. She just she, wants to understand. Yeah, I mean, and I get... So, like... The, like, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values came out in 91 and 93, so I was four and six, and I don't think I saw either one of these in theaters, um, so I wait, had to wait to see them until, like, they were rented or on TV, so I saw them later, but I was still, like, around her age, 
And I wasn't asking nine million questions every five minutes. She just needs to listen. What? <laughs> You're mean. She's so smart and just advanced. Use your cognitive thinking and your... your... She doesn't know what cognitive means I'm yet. Not, I don't, she doesn't need to know what it means. She just needs to use her brain and like she'll understand things. Not everything. I didn't understand this, these movies until we just watched them. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it's been... It's oh, been quite a, quite a week. It's been a week. Uh, the second straight weekend we spent selling our shit. We had a big garage sale. Successful. I mean, for garage sale, how many people make like $800 in their garage sale? Not any These I know. These two fucking people right here. Not any I know. And we didn't even sell a lot of our big shit. We just sold a bunch of little shit. You want and... a couch? Hey, yo, Tope. Tope doesn't listen to this. Buy this couch. <laughs> you want a couch? You want a dining room table? Did you post those where I asked you to post those? I didn't post them yet. You have I the pictures. Have post them. I know, but I didn't have a chance, man. I've been working. I've been very busy at work. I have I'm a not very the middle of the day. I'm high like, demand job. I've been sleeping. Yeah, which is great, which means we'll have these couches until the next fucking garage sale. It's okay. It'll be in like February. No, I want them out of my garage. That's why they were on sale. <laughs> garage sale. Um, so we had that. We've had really no other time to do anything else. I'm currently sitting, uh, speaking of spooky season, uh, Looking at the McDonald's uh, Happy Meal bucket that I bought with no Happy Meal inside of it, still for $5. I didn't know. Let me recap my McDonald's experience this past day. Oh boy. Strap in, folks. <laughs> I feel like it's the ninth time I've done this on the podcast. Uh, didn't know where to go for lunch. I was like, oh, I'll swim by McDonald's. Fuck it, whatever. Can't get the rewards. The McDonald's I went to didn't honor any rewards on the app. Why? I, I, I pulled up my app, got my code, went to rewards and deals, and said there were no available rewards and deals at this location. What's, what's, what's the point of doing the, earning the points? But I'm, it's okay. I see the McRib banner on the building. Holiday season. I thought it started a little bit later, but sweet. I, I really wasn't keen on getting something else. I want a McRib. And then I see on another like like flag in the ground that like cactus flea market whatever the adult happy meal thing the people have been getting the toys have been weird but interesting i'm like oh cool I'll, maybe i'll get that too you know i don't know we'll, we'll i'll see when i get up there i have the choices so i go up uh hi uh, you guys have the mcrib right oh no sorry we don't have that yet why the fuck is the banner on your building okay you cool ask cool yeah, I literally verbatim asked, "Do you have the Mc- like?" No, no, but did you? When they said no, did you say, "Well, why do you have the banner?" Sometimes we got a hard sprinkle. Sometimes we got <laughs> soft sprinkle. And then I say, "Cool, cool, cool." So, uh, do you, can I get one of those adult Happy Meals then? And said, "Oh no, sorry, we don't have those anymore." All right, right now, I don't fucking know what they said. I'm like, "All right, great. Just give me a fucking quarter pounder meal, you know, whatever, man." So then I get up to the, the window, and I go, oh, actually, do you guys have the, the Halloween buckets? And they started, like, that day. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Hooray, I got something. Cool. Get up to the window, and they're like, can you go park in spot number three for me? Now, number one, it's fast food. I, I should never have to go park for my fast food. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. It, it drives me nuts. It drives me bananas. It drives me fucking all the things. But okay. I, I go and I park. And I proceed to sit there for 15 minutes. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. I could have watched half of a sitcom 
in my car, waiting. Other people around me are getting their food, not I. So I have to get out of my car and go inside, and I get my meal. They give me a couple free vouchers. Uh, also, mind you, my everything was $20, because again, I bought a $5 bucket for sentimental nostalgic value, because I'm a sucker. And I'm just sitting the there re-listening to S-Town, because that's the human being I am now. And, You're the worst. Yeah. So, that's my McDonald's rant. Um, we haven't really watched anything else, because we've been too busy doing everything else. I just lost my pen on the couch. So, uh, we drawn... never see I found it right here. I don't know if we explain why we're doing this, but several weeks ago, when we had a rash of random picking, because we, we were still moving, uh, the animated Adam Family had come out of it, and I was like, I don't know if there's going to be any kind of connection to them, or, or what, so I'm like, let's just do these, and let's, let's get all the Adam's Family out of our system. Um, so this week we're doing the live action Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. Next week we'll be doing the animated Adam's Family and whatever the Adam's Family, I think it's just called Adam's Family 2, which we technically don't even own, uh, so we technically don't need to do it, but we're going to break a rule and just wash it off the of streaming. You're the worst. Because that way I know it's going to suck and we, we've covered our bases. Um, so we don't have to watch it again in next year. And also Jillian. Yeah, because of Jillian. Uh, so let's read the packages. Uh, you will read Adam's Family, I will read Adam's Family Values, and then we will uh, begin, shall we? Okay. <clears throat> Weird is relative. Ah, you see what they did there? <laughs> Two snaps up, says Joel Siegel, ABC TV. Wasn't even Siskel and Ebert, it's just Joel Siegel being... Is that the... Is that the I'll, have to, I'll have to remember if that's like the punny guy. I don't think it is. I think it, oh, it's Gene Shout. And uh, two snaps up. For Adam's family, like, I don't know. <laughs> he sucks. You're so weird. Who is that for? Uh, for me. Oh, okay, good. Looking for something creepy, spooky, kooky, and altogether ooky? Come join the Adam's family for the most hilarious scare fest of this season, or any other. When long-lost Uncle Fester, Christopher Lloyd, reappears after 25 years in the Bermuda Triangle, Gomez, Roald Julia, and Morticia, Angelica Houston, plan a celebration to wake the dead. But Wednesday, Christina Ricci barely has time to warm up her electric chair before Thing points out Fester's uncommonly normal behavior. Could this Fester be a fake? Part of an evil scheme to raid the Adam's fortune? Based on Charles Adams' beloved cartoons and following the success of the hit TV series, The Adams Family is a visual funhouse packed with plenty of treats, tricks, and turns by director Barry Sonnenfeld. That's two. Damn! You almost had like three more in there. You were just all over the plate. Um, that sucks. Great. What, what's your tally at now? I believe 24. I just took the lead back. You're 24? Yeah. So I'm a 23, right? Yeah. Okay, so I just need to make sure. Okay, here we go. Adam's hang Family. Hang on, hang on. I'm not looking. You can't start. I like to say Adam's Family Values. Okay, yeah, you can. Hang on. I got to update this, otherwise I'll forget. The family just got a little stranger. See oh, you see what they did there? Yeah, I see it. The... <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't even do it. I wasn't even looking. I'll do it too deliciously. <laughs> I don't want to cut the first word. Devilishly wicked and witty, says Jeffrey Lyons' sneak previews. I thought it was going to be the same guy. <laughs> it's love at first fright when Gomez, Raul Julia, and Morticia, Angelica Houston, welcome a new addition to the Adams household, Pubert, their soft, cuddly, mustachioed baby boy. As Fester, Christopher Lloyd, falls hard for voluptuous nanny Debbie Jelinski, Joan Cusack, Wednesday, Christina Ricci, and Pugsley, Jimmy Workman, is he really keeps on shouting? He's like six lines. Discover she's a black widow murderess who plans to add Fester to her collection of dead husbands. The family's future grows even bleaker when the no-good nanny marries Fester and has the kids shipped off to summer camp. But Wednesday still has a thing or two up her sleeve. That's a Gene Shallot line. <laughs> With gags and ghouls galore, Adam's family values is, quote, screamingly funny, says Jeff Craig, 60-second preview. So we're tied at 24 apiece in our reading challenge. Fuck. Oh, man. So the first of 25 loses, and the winner gets to pick any movie to watch for the podcast. And it's, and it's like... Because I read next, so if I get an error, well, we are we, each we have the to same have amount? the same amount. No, you're one ahead of me. Okay, so all right, good. So I'm good. So if you read this next one and you fuck up, it's done. Okay, okay. Fuck. <laughs> in the clutch, baby, in the clutch. Jesus Christ, these look. Wait, oh, I thought these were the identical photos on the back. Oh wow, pretty similar. Well, I mean, these are probably made. You figure at the, at the same exact time. Yep, they both made in 2010. But, I mean, they're basically Pugsley sitting in the same... Why are we talking about the back of movies that they can't see? I don't know. Um, so I had no connection to the Adams Family until these movies came out. And then also... So basically, 91 was Adams Family. The animated show came out in 92. And then Adams Family Values came out in 93. I do believe they also made a direct-to-video sequel in, like, 96, 97... With, uh, I believe Tim Curry was Gomez. And I want to really? say like Daryl Hannah was Morticia. I mean, it wasn't well received. I, don't, I think literally the only people that probably, I'll look it up. I think the only people that were in one or the, uh, that were in all three was probably Carol Struken as Lurch. And maybe Carol Kane, but she wasn't in the first one. As Adam's Family, oh, it was a TV movie, Adam's Family Reunion in 1998. Yes, it was Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah. And the only people that, uh, let's see, yep, Carol Struken was Lurch. And I don't, it looks to be, and then uh, they kept getting the same person as Thing, Christopher Hart, so I don't know. He's got good hands. I, I guess, I, I guess that's what it is. Um... Yeah, Uncle Fester was played by Patrick Thomas, who I do not recognize at all, which is not a good sign. So, um, did you have any, like, background with this at all? Yeah, I loved the movies. No, I meant, like, um, like did you ever watch, like, watch the TV show? Or? Yeah, I think I would watch the animated show. Well, the animated show was the same time this came out. Yeah, and then... I'm talking about the original Oh, the show. original Addams Family show? I think so. But, I think so. I think, wasn't it... A part of like uh, Nick at Night? Might have been. I think it was in the rotation of Nick at Night, so I 
that and the monsters are yeah, both I would, just like I, I would just watch never... those. I, I would see those and like you know the Dick and Dyke show, Mary Tyler Moore, right? Like all of those kind of in that after after eight o'clock late night TV watching. I don't know. I think it came out like ten o'clock, right? Every yeah, I mean, so I didn't at all. Um, yeah, no, which... I I saw them and then. It's a cartoon as well. That's what I was saying. But that was in the middle. This came out. Wasn't it? I don't believe it was a cartoon. No, I believe that it was just the... No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, the Addams Family, it's based off of a cartoon from like the 1940s or something. Oh, you're correct. Yes, the Addams Family was a... Yeah, it's the black and white. Well, so yeah, it was was the, the live action first and then there was an animated show... Uh, as well, but it's based Jody off. Jodie Foster was a voice in it, but it's based off of a cartoon from the '40s or ni- 1938. Yeah, this. Yeah, probably whatever the original. This. Yeah, whatever the original guy, which is kind of what the art of the the animated one is based off of. Right. Um, I mean, the only thing everybody really knows about the Adams Family is the song, is that which has now been fucking dug in my head by Jillian because they do it for Days, Days of, of the, the Week, week. at school, week. which is just sickening. Days of the Week, Days of the Week, Days of the Week. How about you just teach them the Days of the Week without a dumbass song? Um, yeah, they're in the New Yorker. So, uh, I don't know if this was the first one, but this definitely, I feel like, was the kickoff for the 90s being like, we got an old sitcom from the 60s, 70s. Let's mm-hmm. redo it. Redo it, make a movie. She had Beverly Hillbillies and uh, uh, Mikhail's Navy and Sergeant Bilko. And, I mean, most of them suck. This is the one that got, like, a decent budget and actually got, like, stars and had, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld is, you know, a, a very capable... Director, mm-hmm. uh, what'd you think? Having watched, let's start. Let's start with just Adam's family compared to Adam's family values. Uh, I don't know why computer. Good. I don't know that one. Shut up. <clears throat> um, what'd you think? I mean, I think watching as an as an adult, these are classic movies. I love these movies. I watched. Both of these a lot um, throughout the years, mm-hmm. um, but I, I mean I think they're fantastic. I love the humor in them. I love the family and the bonding. Um, yeah, I just think it's a really good time. I, I adore these movies. I think the cast is phenomenal. They did a great job with the casting. The, the cast really is. I think that's what sets this movie up. I think that's what sets the movie movies. apart, right? The plot of them are or whatever, right? Like it's, it's like the typical kind of like, oh, something's gonna break the family apart. I think that it does a good job with like establishing, um, you know, the different um, personalities. Yeah. Sometimes the plotline gets a little hairy and all that stuff, but I just think it's, I just overall it's just great. It's a, just a good time. You can put this movie on in the background anytime. It's on like um, 
free form for 31 frights of yeah yeah it's always on and it's just i love it so the, the cast really makes both movies if we're just talking about the adams family right now oh so we've talked about this with other 90s movies from our childhood whether it be you know, like PG thirteen comedies. Even though, I mean, these fall in line. This is these are both PG thirteen movies, you know, kind of by necessity. Even though I think they're kind of, you know, family movies still. Um, that for whatever reason, I always watch the sequels more. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just the accessibility of them all. That or, that that. that um, could be so a I've thing. always had in my heart a softer spot for Adam's Family Values. Having watched these back, that has been solidified. I think the first Adam's Family movie isn't that great. <laughs> I, I, I I like it, but I love the second one way more. The second one is so much better. It's so great. Which I, is very rare. It, it is very rare. I think it's so great because, like, you have just, like the wonderful chemistry of the Addams Family and you just add to it with all of these other characters that you bring in, it's a great cast overall. And and you put them in like these fish out of water situations yes. and you give more screen time to one of the best actresses of the 90s with Christina Ricci as as Wednesday and let her kind of like... Well, what I mean, we've been going Ricci heavy here this month. Yeah. Um, but but you know like like. I mean, definitely one of the best child actors. We talked about that. We'll yes. talk about her more probably throughout the show. But the first one, I'm glad you mentioned like the story and the plot. The first one is a convoluted, fucking hot, fucking yeah, mess. It, it, it's it's like for what it is, and like thinking that it's based off of like this like sitcom, like 60s, 70s sitcom. Sure, I could see that totally being an episode, like. Get amnesia for twenty five years, but I, I guess. it doesn't hold for an hour and a half movie. It's, it's the I mean inherently the movie is going to be very very weird and mad Pur- purpose right? like purposefully. purposefully and so you you like what the fuck is Gomez's that. job like where the fuck did their fortune come from like no that, that that's their family's fortune yeah but it's never explained it kind of is explained like you have to infer th- those things like. Oh, the fortune is left to the eldest son, and so then. What? Well, how did the comes. fortune? How did they get the fortune? The parents died. What did the parents do? They died. No, bitch. You know what I'm talking about. They're what were their What was their occupation? How did they make their monies? Pay these people their monies. Yeah. They just did. They just rich old money from Transylvania. So that just always boggled my mind. Like they just live in this house and can do whatever they fucking want. Um, but the story of the Adams family accountant knows they have money, and in order to scheme them out of them, one of his like you know criminal associates has a son that happens to look like their long lost family member is just preposterous. <laughs> it's so flimsy and stupid and then just to tie a neat little bow on the end of it throughout all these crazy means oh it was him the whole time and the story that they make up was actually the truth hunky dory 
party heart, it's it does the entire story a disservice. Especially when you consider the second one, which isn't, you know, like anything groundbreaking, but the second one is so easily paint by numbers and sufficient that in retrospect it makes the first one just glaringly bad. Um, especially because the way that it turns out is Fester or was Gordon is like his mm-hmm. his name. Like it's not like he starts experiencing like flashbacks or remembering. He just naturally just starts liking the family, but it comes out of absolute nowhere. <laughs> like it's not even like he's like warmed up to them at all. It's all of a sudden he just sees the kids, you know, sword fighting and he goes to help them. And then he starts binding with them and now she's all upset. Uh yeah, it, it, it's a total throwaway mess of a story. Mm-hmm. And it hurts the overall enjoyment of it when in between the characters chewing up scenery and having fun, they have to like play out this ridiculous plot. Um, that's not to say there aren't still good moments in the movie. There, there's plenty of funny mom- moments for what is essentially a black comedy. Yeah, Absolutely. I love this podcast because I will talk for several minutes and provide a lot of material. And I will then go to have you take over the conversation. Well, but I just was and you talking just say, for a while. And then yeah, you, absolutely. That, that, that's like already, a cue for you to be I like, said this is what I also, yeah, I agree. But I and said here's my an example. stuff and then you, I said all that. So you're just done? So I'm just going to take over? Why yeah. do, why, this should just be, I am married let me talk about movies by myself. That'd be so much easier for me. It's too long of a name. Oh, I'll figure it out. Too long of a name for a podcast. I'll figure it out. No. Doesn't work. I ask so many questions and I really... Read, read your notes. Can I, can I hear your notes, please? About the movie? I'd love to hear your notes. This is going to be a new segment. I'm, I'm going to get every movie, I'm going to get frustrated <laughs> to the point with your lack of contribution that I'm just going to say, can, That's you re- rude. can you read what you wrote while you were watching the movie? Go That's ahead. rude. Go ahead. Uh, something that I did find interesting that I hadn't noticed before. I, uh, that's the other thing I really like about movies, like from my childhood, especially ones that, that do mean a lot to me or I've seen frequently, is when I watch it and then I, I learn something new or I notice something new. Mm-hmm. So the, the Girl Scout in the first movie mm-hmm. is... Um, Amanda. Amanda from from Adam's Family Values, yeah. and I never realized that until until I saw it this time. And I I love when that kind of thing happens. Um, I think that whole see that that whole part of the movie is probably one of my favorites from the eviction through them like going to the hotel and like they're selling the lemonade and. Grandmama's like dinner's gonna be late. She's trying to catch some kind yeah. of animal. Like I, I, I think that's that might be one of my favorite scenes of the first movie. Naturally, anything fish out of water with them is where the movie kind of soars. Yeah. Uh, the the play and all the fake blood is. Very, oh my very god, funny. that's hilarious! I love that. Why the fuck do they go to regular school? Like, <laughs> like if they're so, like it just it makes me. Laugh. Well, they they just do, and then it puts them in those situations, and I think it's, 
Yeah, that was hilarious. Just like the blood spurting everywhere. Um, and there, there are funny moments like when Pugsley takes the stop sign and they hear the crash when they're play, like, what's the name of the game? Is there a God? Um, I also like uh, <laughs> the auction scene is just very, very weird and also led to a funny moment where Jillian's like, why was he kissing her boobs? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, um, but to your point, the structure and like like the plot, like I said, going back to the plot and how it's formulated in this yeah, movie, it go, it, it's very like it looks like it's about to crescendo. Like the party is another total like clusterfuck of a scene because Tully, who's like a tertiary character, all of a sudden is very very important again and has come back into the scene. The dance is really long and kind of unnecessary, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, let's just get on with it. And then they lose the house. And it, and then you have another like twenty thirty minutes left, and it starts dragging because the way that the story was taking like the natural trajectory of like what's happening is going in a certain direction, and then you have to like put on the brakes a little bit, and the stuff is very very good, but you've already gotten me prepared for you know the fallout the or, or whatever it is, and yeah. then the ending is is whatever. I, I think it's kind of an anticlimax of you know he just opened the book and they fly out. It's ambiguous if they're dead or not. And then he's just fester and, you know, it, it's it's absurd. I wouldn't expect, here's the difference. And I think I wrote this in my values notes. So they're both absurd, right? Like. Purposefully so, I think. I, like, I to should, an extent. The first one, to me, doesn't feel like a, a satire or a send up of anything. Whereas the second one, I think they realized what the problems with the first one were, and they jacked everything up to, like, 15, or, like, let's just keep going full board with this. As opposed to the first one is kind of... They, like, dipped their toes a little bit. It's kind of doing a few other... It's kind of doing, like, yeah. a few things. I, I can see that. I Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think... I think... What makes the movie work, even though it's like bizarro plot and you know ha- has all of the those cons that you just described, is how well the casting is. I think it all goes back to that. Sure. Like the way that they embody these characters Absolutely. is just phenomenal. Like I don't think that I know that there's a lot of different iterations of the Adams family and you know the characters, but. I mean, this is it for me. This like, is it. Like, like when I think of it, this is the cast I absolutely. think of. These are the faces that come to into my brain when I like read something about it. Like that's what I picture. So yep. it's just you know great. That's what propels the movie forward for me. Like they could be doing anything, you know. And they always had those crossovers in the cartoons with like the Scooby Doo mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, come on, like it's. So insane, but it works because they make it work. Like, the people make it work. Yeah, they they just fit. They fit, yes, exactly. Uh, well, while we're on... So, what about the first movie did you not like? We didn't really tackle... I mean, I, I heard well, my grievances. I but. mean, I think that, that you, you tackled a lot of the grievances. And I think the main thing I didn't like has to do with the acting of someone. So, I'm sure that we'll get to it. Ooh. We had an MVP and LVP. The Jardimin 
Zuckter. That was not a German accent. Dr. Pindersloss. Yeah, she's easily the worst part of the movie. She, she's awful. Yeah, uh, she's the, the, the main villain of the movie. Abrasive in the worst way. And she's just a wet blanket oh, of a not character. Not convincing. Oh, yes. This is so. Like, it's like the biggest, especially compared to, like, obviously these are like caricatures, right? Like, it's a caricature of, like, this type of person who, like, enjoys, like, torture or whatever, right? But her characterization that's amped up is just, like, it's just bad. She didn't give any nuance to it no either. No nuance, like, and there's no chemistry with that. Yeah, anyone. she has no chemistry with Christopher Lloyd, no chem- chemistry with Dan Hedaya. Um, and, like, she didn't give any nuance to it, so I think that also hurts the Fester reveal, is, like, had... She given some kind of indication that like she knew what she was doing with him the whole time, right? Like she or knew that was him. She was just too all over the place. Where like all of a sudden she'd be like a doting like like mother, you know, like kind of thing, like you know, gaslighting her son. And then another scene, she would be kind of like you said, this caricature. It just totally doesn't work at all. I'm glad we're in lockstep with that yeah. because she really sticks out in this movie, and I think that's another reason why this overall movie is not as good as on the flip side, and Adam's Family Values, not to get into acting there, but I don't think any of these people are going to be the MVP of that movie. Fucking Joan Cusack crushes. I know you don't like Joan Cusack. I like Joan Cusack in this. Yeah, you can't deny Joan Cusack in that movie. You can't not like her in this movie. And also even like Peter McNichol and Christine Baranski, like they are just so dialed up that like you can't help but, you know, not like them as villains. Whereas her, you're just like, get her off. I'm a big, look, I love character actors, and one of my favorite character actors is Dan Hedaya. He's not great in this either. He just kind of, He's like... not great in this. It's like, wh- like, why was that who we got for this? Right, and, <laughs> right. Like, I feel like it would have been a lot stronger, because the motivation was there, kind of thing. Like, yes, he's the accountant. He knows how much money they have. It so, he he wants it the so... money. Right. Like, the motivation's there. Yeah. Like, had you had somebody who really like captured that and and was more of that like desperate yeah. vibe and all of that yeah the uh, he was just very very vanilla and it, it just wasn't or if he intriguing. wasn't vanilla and then he was trying to to equal his lane is not trying to equal the you know the energy or the oddness of the other characters. He's that like cantankerous. He's the dad and clueless. You know what I mean? I have a forty-five and a shovel. He's like he's always, you know, one step away from complaining while eating something on rye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just who he is. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth Wilson is one hundred percent. I had I had the two of them, and I also had the guy who played the judge. Because I've seen that guy in other oh, things. Yeah. And he's always just the same fucking guy. Not great, Bob. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I think that's why I dislike the movie. More than. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Adam's Family no, Value. No, I don't dislike either of them. Adam's Family Value is really fun. I, I don't dislike either of them. I did not enjoy it as much as. I, I didn't really enjoy it at all. Oh, okay. Beyond all the positive performance we're about to get into. Because the story is just a blistering mess. Um, I do want to shout out a couple other people that are not going to be LVP or MVP in this. Um, and remind me, when we, on the in-between, when we're getting into values, I want to ask a couple like overarching Adam's Family questions. Okay. Um, just in general. Uh, but Excuse me. Cousin, it's the fucking man. 
He's great. I don't know why it's so funny, but it just it's just it's funny. just amazing. It just Jillian was immediately enamored. Of course, how and you not? and right, it's like how how good do you have to be to just be a hairball essentially yeah. making some noise? Like I, that's why people like me so much. I'm cousin. You're a hairball with noises, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I prefer Carol Kane as grandma. <laughs> To uh, Judith Molina, who's in this. Did she pass away in between? Nope, she passed away in 2015. I don't know why she just got let go, essentially. But I guess, Samantha. I guess I could just get Carol Kane. I don't know. And then Carol Strukin is Lurch. Like, he's a great Lurch. You don't have to do much. Right. Um, and then Pugsley. It's weird that, like, Pugsley doesn't, like, I don't know from the original. Like, is Pugsley kind of just, like, always there? Because this kid's just always, like, there. Well, he doesn't yeah. do much. Yeah, I mean, it's all on Wednesday, but I I don't know if that's just because you have Christina Ricci. Um, Jimmy Workman's funny. He is the brother of Ariel Winter from really? Modern Family. Yeah, he was the one that was trying to like get custody of her when she had like a huge issue back, you know, many many years ago. When I like went to his page, I was like, "What the fuck else has this guy done?" His the biggest section of his Wikipedia is the family legal dispute section. It's like, oh, cool. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, MVP. He's also 42. Well, yeah, he was he was a child of this, so that makes sense. I'm just saying. Pugsley's now 42. <laughs> Put that cyanide down. Pugsley's 42. Uh, the MVP, the first one, I think is really difficult. I, I have who my vote would be because I know, I think number two is is very easy. Um, I think one is harder, and I'd want to give it to somebody different than who I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch for number two. I I think it's just so difficult because, like I said, they all embody them so well. Here's, Let's talk about who it's not. Here's who I will say it's not for either movie, and I don't know if it's controversial or not. I like her, but Angelica Houston is not the MVP for me for either movie. I think really? she's very I think she's very good, but. If she had any chance of it, I think it would be in this one. Because, again, number two, I think there's just a tour de force that you can't ignore. Um, but in number two, she doesn't really do much. Number one, I feel like she does more. Um, and her and Gomez have a lot more to do. But I think she just got gets outshined. Christina Ricci, you can just tell she's amazing in the first one. I don't think it's her there. For me, the MVP of the first one is Raul Julia. He's fantastic. He is such a fucking talent that, I mean, this is a Shakespearean trained actor. He's amazing. Multi-time nominee for uh, Golden Globes and Tonys. Like, and I think this is before he got sick as well. Because it's such a tragic story that right as he's at the precipice of, you know. This. You know, he's getting... These IP blockbuster movies, I mean, Street Fighter, but, you know, and then, you know, he unfortunately gets lost to cancer. He's, his best moment in both movies is in the second movie when he has the the speech in the police station where he goes just full Shakespeare <laughs> and it's amazing. And then he's singing Sweet Low, Sweet yeah, Low, Sweet Yeah, well, and also, like, I, this love, one, I love the police station one because he's playing off of Nathan, Nathan Lane. Like, oh, those Nathan, two were just amazing. It was just awesome. Just yeah. that back and forth is great. But in this one, like, I guess, like, him calling into Sally Jesse Raphael and, like, like starting to watch the TV 
and just his energy and his reaction, like in the train. Yes. Like, he has five or six different moments where he's just fucking crushing it, and I love it. The other one would be Christopher Lloyd, just because, I mean, it's so hard for somebody to have four or five different, like, characters, and he does. Like, he's got fucking Taxi, and he has Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course he has Back to the Future, and he has this, but this one's even harder because, like, he had a, like, a precedent with this. Like, he had to, like, equal or surpass... He had to be somebody completely different. Well, he had to be... He, to be he, quite honest. Well, like, he had to be a character that was already established by somebody else. Right, but... All the rest of them were kind of his creations, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. And, and I think it was doubly hard because he was doing that and everyone was like, oh, that's Doc. Oh, that's... you, Right? Like, like they went... Yeah, I what you mean. Expecting he, he, him to be... Because sometimes you do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you expect, like, that same kind of character We talked about that, about right. how certain people have these iconic characters, and it's hard for them to get... A, to it's break the, out. It's the Al Bundy thing, yeah, where exactly. Al Bundy couldn't be in serious movies because he'd show on the screen, and people, people would laugh. be laughing at Ed O'Neill. It took him to Modern Family to However kind of get over that, later. you know? But, but he didn't but even he, really, because it's the same... But it's the same kind of movie. I mean, the same kind of show, right? Yeah, but it's different. It's different uh, enough. Okay, sure. Um... So, but, but yeah, so Christopher Lloyd does a great job. I, I mean, I'm, I'm good with either decision. I think it's great. Who, who, I think who are you going to go with? Christopher Hart. I think it's very <laughs> difficult. I mean, he does, he's a really we, good thing. I but mean, we talk a lot about like nonverbal and how great of an actor or actress you have to be in order to like emote and, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's convey it's those not. things. <laughs> And I just think, you know, he, things got the urgency down with, like, the tapping. I mean, it's like, a really good nonverbal. I mean, it's a great nonverbal non- performance. 95% of your body performance, but it's not him. Well, I think you're wrong, but that's fine. I'm gonna get, we're going to give it to Raul Julia. Okay. How do you say it? Ruau? Ruau. We're doing a luau? It's a ruau. Um, is the MVP of the first Adams Family. I, I think without him, the rest of the movie really falls apart because he's at the center of everything and he's just fucking going for it. Um, one last complaint I had about the movie um, that we'll get into for the second movie more so, there's way too much MC Hammer in this movie. For a movie, or for a franchise that has like such an iconic theme song, right? Mm-hmm. Is it played once in this first movie? No. I don't think like they even I no, think they maybe don't even do the I think they no, maybe no, no, allude no. I think they maybe allude to it. Whereas in the second one, they do it at least once, if not twice, whether it be like orchestral or, you know, some version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And this I one I think you're right. And the movie I mean, back then soundtracks, especially like big budget blockbusters like this, did it. Who's the hot artist of the time? Get them to make a song. So for this one, uh, it's uh MC Hammer. Uh, which you probably heard at the beginning of the podcast. And like I said, next week you'll get the full Adam's Family song. Don't worry. Uh, Adam's Family Groove. Or just Adam's Groove is the uh, the song in this one. It is played like two or three times. Like at one point somebody's driving and it's in the car. One time it's just played as a transition. It's like, oh boy, yep, it was 1991. <laughs> this, is, this is the culture at the time. It sucks. Where's Nirvana? Please <laughs> right. get us out of this. Um, 
so before we score this and get into values, here's my my two big Adam's family questions. Uh, number one, why? How? 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 I must. You know me. I want to at least have an explanation or an understanding of how that's just these things work. That's just what's wrong. Like how is there something supernatural about them? Yes. I guess there would have to be because of the hand, right? Well, yeah, and and Grandmama's a witch, and she's yeah. Okay, so that's how they can survive. You know, electrocutions and you know, sure, all this stuff. Okay, Uh, the other one. Uh, how do they not have 300 children? These two are literally humping each other at all times. Sure, you don't know what she's got going on. She... Okay, yep, nope, that conversation's done. <laughs> you, she she may have trouble... You put trouble... in the phrasing that I totally, I don't want to know about Morticia Adams' vagina situation. Well, no, it'd be more so the uterus, not her vagina necessarily. No, but you made me, just you saying that made me think of the whole situation and I'm well, good. Well, yeah, but you don't know, don't judge people. Very, very... Yeah, fuck you, man. Point to Samantha. That's <laughs> what, what that all was about. Um, all right, let's score Adam's family. Yeah, and give, give me more points. No, no, give no, me no, more points. You don't deserve any points. Uh, what is your score for Adam's family? Uh, this is a tough one because I, I do enjoy it. I think it's great. I have a lot of nostalgia with the movie. Um, but it is just very... Bizarre from a plot perspective. Um, I'm going to give this movie a seven and a half. Seven and a half, okay. Yes. Uh, I do not share that that uh, enthusiasm for it. I think it's... I think there's a reason why I watch Adam's Family Values more because it is clearly a superior movie to this, both in plot and execution and in kind of just style, this one doesn't know what it is yet and just kind of has a weird mood and tone to it. There's still stuff that I like, and the cast definitely kicks it up a notch. I'm going right in the middle. I'm giving it a five. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of the first Adams Family movie. So that would be a 6.25, if I'm not mistaken, for the first Adams Family Correct. movie. Awesome. Um, which leads us into Adams Family Values. Now, this is my jam. This movie just gets it. Like, a lot of the ideas they go with, because they lean harder into bringing more of the outside world in, and the outside world fits with the energy. So we already talked about it. Uh, Joan Cusack crushes in this movie. That Debbie character, and bringing somebody that's just as you know evil and sick as they are, and trying to like hide it, that works. Taking the antithesis of the Adams family in these camp counselors, but who are still kind of evil and, you know, uh, madcap in their own way, is, is also just genius. And it's just fucking fun. It's just so much fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. So much fun. It heightens so well. It's a great continuation of the first one, and it brings it somewhere completely new, which is great. It's not it's not really formulaic. I mean, it is formulaic, but it's very different from a plot perspective, Um, and it's just super enjoyable and fun to watch. 
Um, and it's very relatable, even though, like, this is a family that's, like, bizarre and, like, you know, supernatural or whatever, but the two older siblings are trying to, like, kill their younger sibling, you know, like, that, right? Like, like that yeah. rivalry and stuff, it's just taken to the I mean, just, nth degree. This movie spends so much time trying to kill a baby. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really hilarious. It's just really fucking funny how... Like, they pull it off. Would the Adams family go to a hospital to have their baby? That's another thing that I was like... Yeah. Like, would Marticia just, like, want to, like, feel everything at home? You know what I mean? She's not like you, where it's like, give me drugs right away. She's a woman. <laughs> hmm. I'll remember that the next time you get a kidney stone. Totally different. It's not totally it's exactly the same. It's except except a baby's head is way bigger than a kidney stone. Yeah, but have you seen my yeah, but your vagina is a lot bigger than my dick hole. <laughs> not that much bigger. Yeah. You got a pretty big dick. Yeah. Hole. Um, hole. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's just hilarious right out of the jump. Like, I this is one of those movies that. Everything I said about the last one, like, I want things to make sense, and, like, I want rules, and I want, you know, like, to figure out this world. This movie is just so firmly planted in the surreal that I don't care. Fester's on the cover of Forbes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Peter Graves is hosting this, uh, this weird, like, serial killer inside edition show. Uh... Why does Anna's family have a TV? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have a TV. There's just so much about it. Uh, reading through my notes, I don't even have, like, normally, like, my thoughts or opinions on things. I literally just have lines or jokes or scenes written down just because I want to, like, gush about how good they are. Yeah, I love that nanny montage. It kind of reminds me of, like, the Mrs. Doubtfire one. Shout out to... you. You were like, hold on, wait a second. You went a full-blown Dennis Quaid vantage point uh, with Cynthia Nixon being one of the nannies. Yeah, didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I, I love that scene. It, it, it's, it's a great scene. And then you get fucking Debbie coming in here. So, so I thought, so is your hatred just Jesse the character? Or is it Joan Cusack? No, I'm not a huge Joan Cusack fan. And I know there's a very specific reason as to why. I don't like her voice. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But here she's almost unrecognizable. Because you dulcet tones, let me tell you. I want to be the only one. Uh, the only loud, obnoxious broad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, she's nearly unrecognizable in this. Absolutely. The fact that, what was my, I have a note here. I was like, uh, Joan Cusack, she's on my MVP list. She probably is not going to be the MVP. But it was like, amazingly funny and strangely hot all at once. Like, Joan Cusack in this movie might be on my list. Gross. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> every other time, I'd rather have sex with John. But in this one... This is a really... This conversation took a really weird turn. Um, but no, she, I mean, she's just great. It, it's just awesome. Um, this one also had a lot more, like, adult humor, kind of, in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, and part, probably one of my favorite parts is when, um, when Debbie's like, oh, and look, who's this lady killer here? And, 
Quentin says acquitted. We had to explain the joke to Jillian. We had to explain the joke to Jillian, and she still didn't get it. And that was so funny to me. I also, uh, well, he does the same thing when he's introducing uh, Pugly at the the camp. He's like, ours, like, you know, his honor side is. And he's like, what about yours? He's like, probation. Um, what's the other line? At some point, somebody's talking to her about, or talking to Wednesday about, oh, where are they? Somebody's talking about having a baby. And like the stork, yeah, yeah, yeah which is my our parent, parents had sex. Our parents had sex. <laughs> just, this is funny. Uh, I don't know why I always laugh so hard at that poor girl. Lurts <laughs> a Jew baker in this cake or whatever the line mm. is. Was she in there <laughs> when, when you baked when it? When you baked it, just a stripper in a in a burnt in a bachelor party cake getting cooked is just very funny to me. Um, it also I think does a better job so. There's a lot, I don't know them, but in the first movie, you know, anything Easter eggy or callbacky to like Adam's family lore feels pretty, you know, like blatant or just like shoving it in. Whereas this one, it has a little bit more fun. Like when Debbie's trying to kill Fester, that's when he does the light bulb gag instead of just being like, can you do it? And he's like, okay. And then he does it. Like, in this one, like, they, they make it make sense. Whereas the other one, when the first movie is just like, well, we have to check off these boxes. Right, You know, you know right. what I mean? And I've talked about that. How A little I, bit more force. Yeah. I mean, the subsequent dynamic just between, like, Fester having to go back into, like, that hair and, like, kind of that human world, you know, and him being so doting and her just being so mean is very, very funny. And... It also does a good job of going to the back and forth because, I mean, the the camp Chippewa stuff is, I thought it was like a little bit more contained, a little bit less. I mean, it's basically, it's not like a B plot. It is one A and one B. Yeah, they're very con, con, concurrent with each other. Yeah. And, um, and it just, all that also just works. It's it a just little, works so well. It's dated because of the time, so like, you know, some of the references to, like, the cutesy things, like, that are in that the Harmony Hut or whatever. The Michael Jackson stuff, which is funny because I think he was originally supposed to be the person that did the music for the movie. He was, yeah. Um, which makes the replacement even funnier. Uh, and some of the jokes about, like, like the Amy Fisher card and stuff, like, it dates the movie because no one fucking thinks of Amy Fisher 30 years removed. But, um... It doesn't matter because it, it, it puts you in the times and this yeah. movie is very much a product of its time that you you know, you don't make a movie like this anymore. I think the closest thing to this would be like a Sonic, like an IP movie that kinda has fun and, you know, does its own thing. Yeah, I think that but that's a good comparison. It's still very studio contained and produced and this has bits to that, but it doesn't have the extent to like which the characters and, and the fun which is is having. Um, is there anything you don't like about the movie? Um. No, no. I I like this movie very very much. I, I everything I said about the first one, like ditto for this yeah. one. Um, and even some of the negative things from the first one, I think that they rectified here. Like, yes, the plot is still absurd, but at least it's a little bit more, like, you could still f- follow it a little bit more. It's something that, that... It makes sense It makes sense because like, yeah. it's simpler. And, like, 
that happens like no, legitimately and yeah. you're not trying to figure out oh was she she was she the black widow the whole time like yeah like yeah. you know pretty early on that's legitimately mm. what's happening so um i i just like it a lot there's not not a whole lot that i don't like the the jokes are are pretty rapid fire so there are quite a few misses in terms of some of the humor but that's you know that happens so like it it's a very funny movie but this does have kind of like you know a joke per minute ratio that's like a little wild sure. so when you have that you might bet like 75 80% which is good the other 20%, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, oh, there's another one. You know, you're kind of going through a little bit of a bumpy roller coaster throughout throughout some of it. Sure. Uh, didn't need another dancing scene. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just an Angelica Houston and Raul Julia's contracts. They just wanted to dance together. But Yeah, well, but I think that also lends itself to the those characters. Sure. I mean, they. And like that. That's their like. Their chemistry and their chemistry is great. And that personifies those characters. I think. You're like, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Like that works. Like that's what they do. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't. I wasn't bothered by by the extra dance scene. I didn't like. So I very much like the the first Thanksgiving play and like how Wednesday like turns that. The the follow up to it, it was basically is just that scene from Hook where the Lost Boys, you know, pie and goop everybody. I didn't need here again. You know, it was a little bit. You no, know, I loved too much it. For me. I loved it. And then the build up, anarchy. The build up to the end is a little quick and like kind of too neat, but it does lead into. I, I like Debbie's recap. I like the, uh, the like the mouse trap fitting into place for Pubert. You know, to save the day throughout all of it. I also really like Pubert becoming cute and the families freaking the fuck out reading the cat in the hat and being sad that he lives at the end and grandma saying what he could be and ralph julia just freaking the fuck out (laughs) having a nervous breakdown is very funny and then the end you know same you know birthday party and everyone's happy and uh neat little bow little bow neat little or neat little nuts without a bow but a neat little binky in the mouth of what um how so? Let's let's talk about that. How do those two have sex? You don't know what's under his his hair. He just got really long hair. You can see his dick at all times. You just, just you just don't know it. You know no what idea. they say about about men with long hair. There's a dick under there. <laughs> so Big that's, dick. That's that's the phrase. Uh, you already dick. talked about earlier Raul Julia and Nathan Lane just. Why is Nathan Lane in this movie? Why not, man? Why? I, not? I don't know if this is like pre like the I know Nathan Lane at first from like Lion King and well, you know, like he also played up, Gomez Adams in the musical The Adams Family. That's much later. Not much later. Yeah, not too much later. It's yeah. still. I, I mean, maybe the late nineties, early two thousands, but yeah, twenty ten. So yes, much later. Yeah. Ugh, because this movie's. 30 years, 30 years old. old? Yep, sure is. Uh, Gross. There's something else I was going to mention. I forget what it was. Um, yeah, I, oh, the, the number one thing I dislike about this movie is Adam's Family Whoop. 
so Michael Jackson. You didn't even give it a chance. Michael Jackson was going to do the music for this movie, and I for I don't know if it's because he was touching children or something else happened or whatever controversy at the time he didn't. So they're like, well, we had Hammer, and Hammer's not popular anymore. So who else can we get? Tag team, who just had one of the biggest singles of all time with "Whoop." There it is. Let's have them do a song. Their song is just "Whoop." There it is. With the Adams family thrown into it. Yeah. The chorus is literally Whoop Adams Family. There it is. Whoop. I will yeah, what's wrong with never it? listen to Whoop There It Is and be happy ever again. I mean, did you were you ever between, happy listening to it? Yes. Like, that's like Yes. Because between this and also going back and, and watching so much retro wrestling, arcadeaudio.net slash bodwoggle, like from 1992 to 1994, the crowd just loved chanting whoop, there it is, at like good guys. <laughs> and it made no sense. Like Sting is in the ring. Sting is the least black person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got that white face. No, this is before. This is when he was a bleach blonde surfer dude. Nothing oh, says God. bleach blonde California surfer like whoop, there it is. Um, Would they be like... Like on the beat when they sang, like, well, did it sound good? Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. They'd be chanting like that. So, like, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's a WCW crowd. They're like in Norfolk, Virginia. They're white as hell. Oh, boy. This is the company that at uh, one time almost made Harlem Heat slaves. So, you know, take that for what you will. Ooh, Gunther. Uh, <laughs> that's not related to anything. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that, that's my biggest complaint about this movie. It just goes to show you how good this movie is. Uh, let's get an MVP and LVP. <laughs> it's not because of it. <laughs> LVP is hard compared to the first one. I mean, I have a couple people, but uh, who would you have for this this movie? For LVP? LVP. That is That is a tough decision. Um, cause it's, n- I don't think it's anyone in like the, the main. Nobody, it's nobody in the family. No, no nobody. it's nobody in the family, but not even like the main, like the family's like the, like the, the innermost circle. And then like, like one circle out is like the other, like major characters. Like in the first one's like the major villain and stuff yeah. like that. In this, I don't think it, it's anyone in like the first two circles. I think it's definitely like a tertiary yeah. character more than like. We gave the last one to someone who was, like, a driving force in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's it's that in this. Um, I mean, all of um, What's-Her-Face's friends, Amanda's friends, sucked, but none of them did anything substantial. So my void is Amanda herself. Oh, really? And I didn't... I- I didn't want to fall into what I feel like we've done over the past, like, I don't know how recently or how far back this goes, but the snooty teenage bitch. Yeah, because you know what? There's a finesse to it. Yeah, nobody does it right. No one does it right. I I could do it. As I was watching, I'm like, okay, she's just that early 90s kid that's going for it. And then her acting in the the letter scene when uh, Wednesday gets... The letter about oh my god uh, um, about like Fester getting married. She's like, oh my god, gross! I'm gonna throw up in my like. It's so over the top that it's just like that stereotype and that cliche never existed. 
No, it did. <laughs> it did. It, not to that extent. Yeah, it, it did. didn't. It did. She's just how many, so how many... phony and fake. Sure, sure, that... sure, sure. I have a question for you. Follow what? up question for you. When you were in middle school, mm-hmm. how many girls were you friends with? <laughs> how many girls was I with? I'm like, zero. How many girls were I friends with? Yeah. I had a few. A few. Did you hang out with them? No, not at school, no. No, okay. I had jean shorts. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you don't know if this is inaccurate or not. I'm pretty sure it's inaccurate. No, it's pretty accurate. Email us, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com and let us know if it's accurate or inaccurate. The portrayal of prepubescent girls in this movie. She would be my vote. I thought it was going to be David Crumholtz just because I was like, it's Crumholtz. But like I forgot like kind of how like good he was. Understated. He's Very re- understated. Well, he's not understated. Like he just played like between this Bernard. Um, there was another movie, Life with Mikey. He was like I, this may be blasphemy, but I feel like he was kind of in line with Ricci as like kid actors that kind of got yeah. some chops to him. Yeah. So like him being like that nerdy, you know, like uh, for lack of a better term, neurotic Jew. Uh, you know, he does a good job at it. So besides that, I, I don't think there's anybody else that does enough that would really be considered a, a candidate for it. Yeah. You could make a Pugsley argument if you wanted to. Like, Not not really. I there's got to be a reason why he, he's got like eight lines in the whole fucking movie and, you know, he's not doing much. But th- I would go with Amanda just for a lack of anybody else. Okay. All right. So Mercedes McNabb, no relation to Donovan. Um... Is but your, a relation to Buffy. She yes, yeah, she was in Buffy. I saw that. Um, is the LVP of Adam's Family Values MVP? I think this one is. Easy. It's Christina Ricci. It's Christina Ricci. Absolutely, she Christina fucking Ricci. crushes this movie. And Just, that's not to say that in the first one she doesn't no, either. She does a great job, but here with like, just her ability to maintain the composure she maintains when there's chaos around her deadpan deadpanning and her delivery is on point and then even when she's like smiling like her eyes her her eyes tell such a story everything she says is hilarious so everything i was saying before about like how some jokes fall flat and like don't work that's not the case with her so she's so quippy while being so monotone but so perfect. And then she's vulnerable when she's doing the scenes with David Crumholtz and like potentially actually starting to be a girl and have emotions and feelings. Uh, her reactions in the Kumbaya thing when she's like trying to grab onto the, the fence because she's scared yeah, for the first it's, time. It's, it's just hilarious. And then her, like you said, her smile coming out of the Harmony Hut and even like her acting like... It's crazy that she's acting in that first Thanksgiving scene. You don't know how long she's acting leading up to that. Just as a ruse to then like turn it on its ear for like the reveal to like drop that monologue is just. Sh- it, it's amazing, and it's it's just does such a great job of showcasing because you have to have a lot of range to do to do that, oh, and, and a lot of ability to do that. To I mean, yes, it's very like like you said, like deadpan and like. You know, slightly monotone stuff, but to pull that off and to have it be conveyed the way it needs to be conveyed is just 
the sign of, of a strong actress. And she's given so much to do and so much to and so much yeah. more time that you would think it would be like a law of diminishing returns. No, it is significantly so much better than the first time because she's two years older, so she's matured a little bit and understands, you know, kind of the the minutia of the role, and she just runs away with the movie. And that's to say, like like I said, Raul Julia, I think has an even better couple of scenes than he does in the first movie. Real gravitas, but nailing the humor. Yeah. Um, Christopher Lloyd is still absolutely fucking hysterical in this, specifically when he's, you know, he's sticking giant carrots in his nose, trying to be, like, suave, or, like, the way that he's, you know, like, just, like, running after Debbie and not understanding the situation. Even him just reacting to having sex for the first time is fucking great. And also, I love the line, fester, it means to rot. It's just awesome. It's just great. And then, like I said, Joan Cusack is so fucking evil and funny in this, and it just fits like a glove. All those things aside, I had Ricci written down within the first, like, five minutes. Like, it was her. And she didn't let it go the entire time. Uh, I don't know, is this the first, besides, like, doing, you know, like, the X-Men movies or something else, where we had somebody win two MVPs in the same month, just like she just did for this and Casper. That's got to be some kind of a record for the show. It may be. Two different, like... I think we had James McAvoy because I think we watched Split, Split around the same very time. Close maybe to X-Men. Maybe, but yeah, she's... That's the first thing that I can think of. Sure, that makes sense. Or maybe it probably happened with Tom Hanks or something as well. Uh, or like Samuel L. Jackson, but... She is um, joining Sigourney Weaver, Emma Stone, mm. oh boy, Rose Byrne, Reese Witherspoon, Sandra Bullock, Jessica Roth, and Jennifer Lawrence. She's our eighth multi-time female MVP. Wow. Out of like <laughs> 60. <laughs> wow. Women, man, they don't, they don't get a lot of reps. But she's here now, and I'm happy for her. And she's, I mean, I mean, everyone, no one in this movie is like a slob. I mean, like, Jimmy Workman didn't really work men again. But, uh, <laughs> Raul Julia, unfortunately, died. But Angelica Houston already had an Academy Award under her belt when this came out. Christopher Lloyd's place in pop culture was, you know, forever. Carol Strugan's a character actor. He's not going to get a lot of chances to do much because he's a fucking beast. Um, but yeah, but her, like, she's kind of, like, the winner of all this because she went on to, you know, have a really long and and diverse career as a, I mean, she's still, she's on that show Yellow Jackets on Showtime, which is getting nominated for all these awards and she's still fucking killing it. Yeah. So, uh, this reminds me, I need to sit down and watch The Monsters on Netflix. I, I probably need to wait to do it with Andrew Zangri. But I don't want to miss out on it being free <laughs> and having to pay for it. It's also, from what I heard, so I think it got like a 25, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, right? Like, I'm like, that should have been lower. Like, the reactions I read on, like, Reddit for were just like, this is, I guess, a movie. And I wanted it to be so shockingly, offensively bad and it's not, so it's already kind of a disappointment. Like, Cats lived up to the hype. Cats was just as bad as what everyone thought it was going to be. The Monsters, if the Monsters is 
hanging around at oh, it's at forty eight percent now. That's just. I People loving it. I can't have that. People love <laughs> I it. I can't have that. That's that's already makes me sadder. There's no way it's going to be full forty eight percent movie. That's just preposterous. But um, what else on the Adams family and the Adams family values? I think we covered it. I think, I think we did a, a thorough job. Yeah, I also like the use of music in the movies too. I don't think no, we yeah. talked about that, like with the dancing and stuff. But there's also like overtones of like other music, uh, you know. As is common in, in like, uh, supernatural, yeah. scary shows or well, whatever. Well, the music was done by Mark Scheiman, who is uh, an, an Oscar away from an EGOT. He wrote the music and did the lyrics for Hairspray. He is a, a stalwart of film. I mean, he helped do the music for South Park, the movie. He helped do the music for City Slickers, Sister Act. Yeah. Like, he is a giant when you it comes go, Glenn, to... You go, Glenn Coco. I don't know why you said that, but okay. Um, particularly around this time, I mean, look, look, listen to his filmography in a 10-year span. When Harry Met Sally, Misery, City Slickers, Adam's Family, Hot Shots, Sister Act, A Few Good Men, Sleepless in Seattle, uh, The American President, uh, The First Wives Club, In and Out, Patch Adams. That's just 10, and then wow. South Park. That's just 10 years. And then he starts getting more so into Broadway. Um, but yeah. And then most recently, uh, he did the music with Rob Marshall for Mary Poppins Returns. And then also he had, um, a cameo in Tick, Tick, Boom being like as notable of a Broadway person as he is that, that diner scene in that movie. Uh, yeah, good, good, good call. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Barry Sonnenfeld is also, I mean, Barry Sonnenfeld was the guy that did Men in Black, both Men in Black movies. Yes. Um, both. There's three of them. I think he only did the... Did he do all three? I don't know. I think he did all three, yeah. I think you're right. Um, I mean, he also did Wild Wild West, so, you know, he does... Wild Wild West. But hey, the music in that movie, too. Sure. This was... uh, So, uh, uh, Adam's Family was his first movie. That's amazing. Yeah. He hasn't done much. I mean, Adam's Family... He doesn't need to with that that resume. With that resume, he don't need to do nothing else. Very true. He more ripped than you. His last movie was Nine Lives, which was that Kevin Spacey talking cat movie. So, <laughs> all right, you're more ripped than him. Let's uh, let's move on here now. Now that you made it an uncomfortable conversation. What's your, well, let's be fair. The only time that Kevin Spacey is going to be a talking cat is going to be in that movie because God knows he's going to talk to any other pussy. What's your score for Adam's Family Values? Was that was that because he's gay? Uh, Allegedly. Well, he's also a predator, so a, a, a male predator. Allegedly? No, that's pretty No, no, that's pretty much set in stone. I love this movie. It's great. Uh, the camp scenes crack me up. Yeah, um, we, we did not talk about Peter McNichol, Christine Baranski enough. Oh, uh, we really did. They, they are so good. I love, like, the final performance, and they're like... Acting it out, and then the fire. And any it's just any so other funny. two actors in those roles would have been like the first names out of her mouth for LVP because they would have been grating. They wouldn't have been able to, to and, deliver it the way it needed to be yeah, delivered. And they were perfect. Peter McNichol is just like Dan Hedaya, one of those character actor guys who I love, which is funny because like he also has like been a dramatic. I mean, sure, he's Janusz and. Ghostbusters too, but he was also in fucking Sophie's Choice. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And Christine Baranski still, she's still 
on shows I don't watch. But she's great, man. Yeah. She she look what what do you think? She looks better then or now? You know what's crazy? She's thirty six. <laughs> no. Uh, I actually want to know. She's well, she's gotta be in her seventies, right? Sure. She has to be. I mean, some of her face is like five, but <laughs> she was born in fifty two, so she is she is seventy. She just turned seventy. Wow. Um She's been nominated for a primetime Emmy 15 times. She was on... She's only won once, Good Wife. Sybil. The Good well, Fight. Well, she's on that... That's still on. Yeah. She, don't fuck with Christine Baranski. No, she'll, she'll fuck you she'll up. She'll fuck you up. And she'll do it while singing Mamma Mia. I want Christine Baranski in a mixed martial arts movie. Oh, now. man. She'd be so good at it. She'd be so good at it. All right. We, we gushed about them for five minutes. Okay. I'm going to give this movie a, a nine. I love this movie so much. I think I was also going to give this movie a nine, which like, like might be fucking way too high. But I, I but just what love else it. do you want from this movie? Right, exactly. What else do you want from it? It gives you what you want and what you don't even know that you want when it has like the electrocution and she turns to dust. It's like yeah, you know that's not going to happen. I thought I remembered, but fake, it's so I I satisfying. Coming out. What movie am I thinking of? Uh, Death becomes her. You're right. Yes. I was like, I could have swore I remember seeing like implants drop out. I'm pretty sure it's Death. No, I, th- I think there's another movie where it happens where someone's like, he told you they weren't real or something like that. It's going to drive me nuts. I'm pretty sure it's Death Becomes Her. Uh, but, but yeah, like it gives you like stuff you didn't even know that you wanted. Yeah, yeah this, this movie, and I thought I was crazy because there's been so many times throughout this project, like we've said, that. Like, we do the sequel, and we're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't as good. But I still, like, kind of like it. And you see the reviews, and it's like, oh, yeah, like a 10%. This one was more critically acclaimed than the first one. It didn't do as well at the box office. Um, but I think it's because people didn't understand what was going on with it. But uh, the retroactive Rotten Tomatoes. Scary movie. No, that's not it either. Well, he did that in Scary Movie. I'm thinking... Oh, I know what it is. It's, um... Oh, God. No, it's not Look Who's Talking. What am I talking about? Oh, my God. It's definitely not Look Who's Talking. <gasps> so goes, <gasps> it's the, the character goes, <gasps> See, told you they weren't real. And it's like a woman about... This is going to drive me nuts. I'll figure it out. Oh, uh, no. I think it was Look Who's Talking. The second one? I think it's a dream sequence, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yes, I think it's the third one, actually. I think it's the third one. And I think it's now. a dream sequence. Yeah, with the yeah. dogs. Yes, yes, yes. Danny yes, DeVito yes. is an ugly dog, stretch roll. Um, this one retroactively is a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the first one, I believe, is like in the 40s or 50s. Hold on, cool. Let me see. So, like, it's, oh, 66. So, not too far off, but generally the second one is more highly regarded. So, a nine. For Adam's Family Values. Uh, we'll see what happens with the animated movies next week. I, I was, no, Outlook, not good. It's just going to be my guess. Yeah. Um, although, cast. Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Nick Kroll. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, and then, we got some weird stuff. <laughs> we got Paperboy, the Paperboy. And Blood Money. I can't believe you found that movie. Well, of course I did. I was going to find it. If I bought it, we're watching it. Um, and then Rocket Man. And then what else is underneath there? I don't know what that is. Oh, that's a little 
surprise for, for later. And then oh, Julian's great. birthday coming up, and then the holidays, and then uh, the Mullet Awards are almost here already. Can you believe it? I cannot. We're two and a half months away. Get your list ready. Oh, boy. Get ready to lose again. Oh, boy. Like I didn't lose. lose last time. Get ready to lose reading next week. Nope. I shouldn't have said any of the names of the, the actors. That helps, because you read the box first. Great. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Married with Podswoggle, it's coming. I swear, maybe I'll try to edit that tomorrow when I'm uh, hopefully not that busy at work. Um, also, on the Arcade Audio network of shows, you can listen to us on the blank slate. Uh, today, from when we were recording this, uh, dropped the Key West wedding draft. Oh boy! We did it on the streets of Key West. It's a quick little fifteen-minute uh, like alcohol-infused who won that fever draft? dream. Uh, we didn't put it Overall? up to a vote. I think Rich did because he took himself last and then spiked a bottle on the streets of Key West. So Rich won. Um, Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Married W Movies on Twitter, Married Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. We should probably check that email in case people are emailing I've been, us. I've been Has anybody emailed us from the, the toy no. shows or anything? No. Well, fuck them. Uh, for me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Also, for me, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. For my retro wrestling diary, I uh, didn't get a chance to type up uh, last week's. So this week will finally be ECW Barely Legal. The first ECW pay-per-view that took place in 1997. Anything else? I think we've covered everything. Your eyes have been closed for about 15 minutes, so I think uh, that's uh, fair. No, about uh, uh, hour, hour 20 minutes and, 20 and minutes. 5, 6, 7, 8 seconds. It's wrong because I add music, so you, your time's all wrong. Minute and a half. Hour and a half. What? Minute and a half. For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Did you just forget how to tell fucking time? I forgot where I was. What day is it? <laughs> Jillian will tell you. <laughs> Kick it. Oh, yeah. Party time with the Adams family. Family, new baby in the house makes three. Wednesday, Pugsley learned you ring. Festa, grandmama, and things. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.